0: You've seen her fly, now watch her move to a brand new network. The CW has a new hero when Supergirl lands October 10th. It's the season 2 premiere of the show Critics Call... Pure, blissful fun. This season, the Man of Steel will finally be revealed. Supergirl's Melissa Benoist teams up with Tyler Hoechlin, the newest Superman in the DC Universe. It's a superhuman family reunion when these Kryptonian cousins join forces in the fight for justice. And if you're wondering if the next president will be a woman, we have your answer. Because Linda Carter, the original Wonder Woman, guest stars as Supergirl's commander-in-chief. Even though Supergirl has her hands full fighting evil full-time, Kara Danvers is facing changes as challenges of her own. She knows what it takes to be a hero, but Kara is trying to figure out how to fit in with the human race while taking on a new job, new friends, and a new love who's out of this world. An evil corporate empire will rise that bears the name of an age-old nemesis, Luthor. Supergirl and Superman come face-to-face with Lex Luthor's next of kin, Lillian and Lena. And as you might suspect, the Luthor family shares a passion for power that can only be satisfied by a different kind of green. Kryptonite. Supergirl. All new episodes starting Monday, October 10th, now
1: only on The CW. Hello, it's Friday, October the 7th, 2016. I'm Simon Thompson. Jeff is away this week, so I'm in the hot seat. We're going to be talking about the week's big releases on the show. We're going to be talking about Mulan, the live action version from Disney. Harry Potter is back in cinemas. Gears of War is going to be a movie. And movies get titles, which is handy if you're a film, because then people know what to say when they're buying a ticket. Stay tuned.
0: Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talks, meet the movie press.
1: Welcome back, it's another show. As I say, it's October the 7th, 2016, in. Let me just. Yes, correct Earth time. Uh, I don't know why I just did that. I, I, Josh, why did I do that? You don't even have a watch? On. I don't even have a watch on, and I have un- unhumanly, actually alien like thin wrists. <laughs>
2: What did you see when you looked into that uh, Uh, abyss there? Just
1: a little bit of hair, which I'm, to be honest with you, not used to seeing when I look (laughs) in a mirror. Uh, Jeff is away this week. Um, He is, I believe, taking part in a very rich person's retreat where you hunt humans in a bayou. Either that or I've got what he's doing confused with. The plot of Hard Target. No, no, you've got it right. Oh, it's just not it right. in the Bayou. Okay. It's in the Boston, the Greater Boston area. There'll oh, be, okay, the Great Boston shootout.
2: Yeah. I think they're going. They're looking for clowns. They're, oh, they're going after. I heard about stray that. clowns.
1: Everybody's losing their shit about clowns. But at the does moment? everybody hates clowns so much. I don't know what have they. What have they ever Honestly, done? Honestly, what has
2: a clown ever done to you, other than be scared? The and of then John people. Wayne Gacy. <laughs> yes, there's hey, really
1: not that much precedent there. You dress up as a clown, you kill a load of people, and suddenly clowns get. The bad rap. Josh Dickey, welcome to the show. Thank you uh, for having me back. i uh, It's always, always a pleasure to, have to be here. here. And obviously, from
2: Thank the Mashable Fold, where Jeff, his work, right. I say we, work. We have taken him in fully now. And he is a member of our tribe. I now. was going to say under your bosom, but it, <laughs> into. Well, yeah, into that's the not, bosom. Yeah, it's a different, depends on which bosom you're talking about. That's true. Uh, where can we find you on Twitter? Hey, uh, my Twitter handle is JLDLite. That's J L D L I T E. Couple layers of meaning there. Delight. Yes. But
1: JLD Light. Or Gilles de Which is a bit French. Uh, okay, uh, we have a lot to get through today. I already read you the list of what I'd like to talk about, and there Ain't is... Ain't no
2: way we're getting through all that stuff. That's Ain't a whole, no that's way. That's a whole
1: lot of movies. Uh, let's talk about the current releases this week. Um, we have not seen it, but Girl on a Train, Jeff went to see for Mashable. His review is now live on the site. Um, what did Jeff think about the film? I did not think he would be a fan. Was he a fan? Boy, he sure
2: did not like that movie very much. Uh, His trouble with it, which I think is... I mean, first of all, let's just walk it back for a second to all the comparisons to uh, Gone Girl, which everybody's like, it's not Gone Girl. Don't compare it to Gone Girl. It's It's a slightly weird
1: and lazy comparison.
2: It is, but it is just the thing, it's like the demographic, It is the it hits that weirdness sweet spot mm-hmm. where it's like, here's this strange movie about this girl who, you know, she's a little off kilter, and she might be the villain, but she might not be the villain, and you don't really know, and the narrator is taking you around in all kinds of crazy directions. I think the problem with it um, as a movie, according to Jeff, again, I did not see this film... And I don't intend to. Is that it? Uh, the mystery just was kind of dopey, and you could kind of see it coming. And the twist really wasn't much of a twist. And you know, everything else just seems very silly when you sort of can can look down the road a little bit and be like, oh, okay, we're coming up on that.
1: It's it smacks to me. I mean, I, I read the original book because the the, the 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 book that it's based on is based in London. I read it when it came out. It was kind of came out of nowhere as a a book that just came. onto the scene didn't get a lot of publicity everybody certainly when I was living in London on the tube was reading this book it just became a phenomenon and then instantly was announced it was going to become a movie it does not seem to really fit the book particularly well and obviously I understand it's sometimes easier to set these things in a different location but it appears that somewhere along the way the actual the really good element of the thriller of the book has kind of been lost is it that or is it the casting that's more of an issue. From I don't think
2: the cast is a bad thing. I mean, I you know I think Emily Blunt is pretty well, pretty yeah. very versatile and pretty well liked. I mean, she's not a she's not a movie ru- ruiner like Amy Adams. But uh, <laughs> sorry, that's a very that's a very personal and very unpopular opinion that Amy Adams is a movie ruiner. Um, Have you seen so Arrival? Let's not. No, I okay, haven't seen okay. Her. Well, we can talk about that another time. I'm sure she's fine. She's probably a very <laughs> lovely person. I just don't want to see her in a movie. I uh, I think that it's uh, I think just the story elements just didn't work out for it, yeah. which is you know look this is a this is a pulp movie. Let's not it, it, the only reason that Gone Girl was elevated to awards level movie is because you had David Fincher directing you know Ben Affleck, and um, the source material was was maybe even a little better known mm. at least at the time. So I don't think this one was uh, it was ever really expected to be anything. Just a late. Your release at a time when people are thirsty for something different, yeah, and um, you know that that's probably going to make its twenty million in opening weekend and kind of just go from there. It'll be fine.
1: And people are worried. I mean, there was there were stories this week uh, saying that obviously the the hurricane um, that's hitting America at the moment is going to affect the box office of of this film. And I'm kind of like, I don't. Even if it did stop people on the east coast going out and seeing a film. I don't think generally across America that would have that much effect on box office, but
2: it, it it sort of depends. I guess the storm has kind of turned and lessened as they tend to do once yeah. they come, you know, once they walk up to the line, which is really too bad. I, I wanted to see Florida really get it, but. Uh- but uh, that's not going to happen now. So if, you know, Floridians aren't really going to the... I mean, I don't know. You don't hear a whole lot about, you know, the huge Florida box office. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's going to make a dent. And then just like it always... Big weather events always do. Yeah. But it,
1: yeah, that's certainly not something that they can point to and be like, well, that's the reason i gone. It, it was a very tenuous kind of like, well, is it to do with maybe the fact that it's not a particularly good movie? I don't know. But it fills a gap in what's in the in the box office right now. Something else that hits this weekend, which I actually forgot was coming out this week until there was a, a lot of furor around it. There have been demonstrations outside theatres that have already started showing this. Birth of a Nation, a film that's been talked about for various reasons over the last couple of months. Very delicate topic, this. Very is it delicate, not? yes.
2: Yeah. You know, I saw Birth of a Nation back at Sundance for its premiere. And the day before, I think the day of the, that premiere it was an afternoon premiere, uh, someone said to me, "This, uh, this Nate Parker. Somebody look into Nate Parker's past. This could be a problem for yeah. him." It, you know, I looked into it. Then, uh, lots of us did. Uh, we did not. There was not a lot of talk about it because I think we all sort of thought we were maybe the one who were noticing and thinking about this, but nobody did anything or said anything at the time. By that I mean the, the movie press who was in uh, Park City until eight months later. Mm. And as we all know, uh, Variety and Deadline ha- had those uh, sort of competing rhyming Nate Parker stories with interviews with him, and he's only hurt himself since he refuses to apologize. I think that's what everybody's waiting for him to do. And he's probably never going to do it because I think in his heart of hearts he believes he didn't do anything wrong. That Mm. has been his side of the story since the the trial itself. And, you know, he's obviously done a lot of growing and a lot of soul-searching. He's not 19 years old anymore. Now the question becomes, is this going to be a problem for the movie at the box office slash... Award season—it's a fluid question. It's a—it's a question whose answer has been different at every stage of the way. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I think the biggest problem with film is that it's just not a very good film. Right. People were over the moon about it. They were rapturous about it at the time. I remember the the credits rolling in uh, the Eccles Theater in Park City, and people leaping to their feet and screaming and shouting in full throat, warbling with uh, emotion. And I get it,
1: but the film itself is just not that great. It's okay. I think part of the problem, and as as part of the film community, I'm as guilty of this as anybody, but I try to to manage it to a certain extent, we do tend to get a little bit overexcited about films that offer something a bit different when it comes out, whether it's a sci-fi movie. There are people that evangelise and act like it's... It's kind of like you're a teenager. It's the first time you've seen a boob. It's like, oh, my (laughs) God! a boob this is the best bosom ever and then you kind of get to see a second boob and you're like actually yeah it's yeah it's kind of like the first one kind of like a first one you know the
2: the the sheen of the festival moment is also really really powerful we see it happen over and over again i mean i remember when i went to my first film festivals and people were telling me sort of well you know the movie seems really pretty great when you're sitting there for the premiere, and then you see it again in a screening eight weeks later, and you're like, oh, okay, it's just a movie. It's not yeah. like this great phenomenon that I thought it was. That is... Um, the, you, I, the, there are degrees of that, but I, th- I think this one went to 11. This movie just... it. Listen, the film came out
1: a week after the Oscar nomination. I was going to say, the timing, I think, yeah. was key with that. It was
2: very key with that. It's Again, it's not a bad movie. It just... I This is gonna sound very patronizing and, and I hope it I hope it's taken with the spirit with which it is intended. I kind of wish that Nate Parker had made a couple of smaller, maybe less ambitious films because this was his directorial debut. yeah, it was his screenwriting debut. Um, and he put a lot of time and energy into it, pulled the money together himself. All the credit is due for that, but it just there's something about it that feels like a first film. And there's, it was such, on such a limited budget that the scope of it is like this. It's like you see what's in the in the camera, yeah. and there's nothing around it. There's no additional production value. There's nothing about it. You know, 12 Years a Slave, which uh, I, I think was a superior movie in a lot of ways, but a big part of the reason was it was as brutal as it was to watch. It was also gorgeous. It was a yeah. really gorgeous film mm. um, and had some uh, had some real emotional beats in it. This one feels just a little bit... It feels a little bit student filmy. I hate to say that, but it, it just doesn't have it doesn't have a real art to it. It doesn't mm. have a professional feel to it. It feels just a little bit thrown together. Um, they shot it very quickly, and you can sort of tell um, the performances are just sort of okay. It's it's just kind of, it, it you know it feels like maybe like a like an elevated Lifetime movie or some original movie. Uh, and, and it really should have been. I mean, th- th- this should have been his crowning achievement. Plus. If he makes a couple of smaller films, then we get this past business behind him. Like Then we then we reckon with that yeah. on maybe a film that has a chance at maybe a nomination somewhere, not the movie that you're essentially positioning yourself as this is my Oscar opus, which is what this movie clearly was so, intended to be. So do you
1: think there'll be an audience for it this weekend?
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, who's that audience going to be? When they bought that movie uh, for a record, what, $16, 17000000 million? Yeah. Part of that promise was uh, 1,500 theaters, which is not a wide release, but no. it's not not a wide release. No. That's like
1: a robust, you know, nationwide Considering there theatrical. are movies that come out on a regular basis that get between 4 and 20 theaters across the U.S.
2: That's right. They could have done this as a limited rollout. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that, they're, that they've bought, because of demand, they've bought up something more like 2,100 theaters. So there's enough demand out there for the film. Uh, projections right now, 7 to 10 million. I'm thinking more like double that at this point. Okay I think you could probably
1: see uh, high teens, uh possibly even twenty million for the movie. I, you know listen, but is that because people want to see it because they want to see the movie or because they want to see what the outrage is about?
2: I do think that the, I, th- I think that the message of this is an important story that's never been told, the natural slave rebellion is actually a very it's a fascinating mm. story all yep. by itself that most people don't know anything about and haven't heard you know told and there's, there's very scant information on it because of when it happened and where it happened. Um, And so, you know, there's, there's a curiosity gap there that I think will send people to it. And I think that that curiosity gap just sort of rode along with all the other publicity mm. and probably hung around enough to, ga- to gather enough people to, uh, who, who want to see it. Um, and I think the amount of people who will say, well, I'm not going to participate in that because I don't want to support someone who is, uh, was accused of rape, is is probably smaller than the group that came along uh, with, with their own desire to see the movie uh, because they heard about it on account of that. I, I, I'm not trying to say that this helped
1: him, yeah. but in the sum and total, I think it at least evens out. Uh, we were talking about 12 Years a Slave, um, and Dylan in the chat is asking um, if Steve McQueen is going to direct another movie soon. We actually spoke about that on the show last week. He has got another project lined up, and the cast for that is, is phenomenal. It includes people like Viola Davis um so yes if you want all the information on that uh, it is in last week's show right let's move on from that i think it's uh, for, for for birth of a nation i think for me i wasn't invited to a preview screening which is fine um i haven't had time to see it anyway it's not something i will be rushing to the theater to see it's something i'm gonna wait to to come on my hbo now account in eight months time and i'll i'll catch it then i am interested to see it but it, it's not a rush out and see in the theater kind of thing
2: yeah, the story itself is very linear and it's easy to just sort of read the logline and be like, okay, that's the story. Yeah. Because that is the story. Uh, do you want to see the details of that filled in? Eh, then that's, that's, that's what you'll be deciding, you know, come
1: uh, March when you can finally see this thing on Netflix. Talking of Netflix, excellent segue. Thank you, I meant that. <laughs> <laughs> totally intended. Uh, Jay-Z um, and Netflix possibly on board to do the Lee Daniels, Richard Pryor biopic. Yeah. Excellent timing as also... Aside from that being a project that I'm personally very interested in, I I love the work of Richard Pryor, um, Netflix this week signed a deal with theatres to release some of their content in movie theatres, which has kind of pissed a few movie movie theatre people off. It's a
2: real interesting dynamic between Netflix and the exhibition community. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because the exhibition community for years has enjoyed this very warm handshake relationship with Hollywood. Uh, it, that is a symbiotic relationship that was uh forced upon them when uh, the United States government trustbusters made that business into two businesses yeah so you 've got theaters and you 've got the Hollywood studios that supply their product. they go to Vegas once a year, they love each other now you 've got Netflix kind of hanging around on the outskirts, going well we 're a huge studio too we 've got money enough to make great t v shows we make we 're making movies, including awards movies. So, how are we going to show them in theaters? Mostly at this point, you know, last year, to uh, get the movie qualified for awards. Mm. That, was the, that was the principal reason they did it. They did that through what was called four walling a the theater, which is you buy a certain amount of theaters out, uh, just outright. I'm going to buy your theater, and I can you could show a nudie review in there if you wanted to. Um, which you, theater th- was this? <laughs> no, it's not. That does oh, not okay, actually fine. Oh, they, But you know, you, you could show cat videos. Whatever, it doesn't yeah. matter. And so, um, you know, and then uh, you 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 essentially pay the exhibitor, and then you reap whatever costs that you get back uh, in ticket sales. That's what Amazon has been doing. That's what all these other theaters have been, you know, because the point of of that is the 90-day window. Yeah. The the only thing that's keeping the movie business alive, and I'm sorry, but I'm right about this, and I've always been right about it, and I always will be right about it, is the fact that you can only see movies in the movie theater for 90, for, you know, a certain amount of time. Yeah. 30 days is acceptable. 90 days, 60 days is like, Mm. okay. 90 days is what they really want. Um, And they're not getting it from Amazon and Netflix, who are showing these things, Mm -hmm. you know, day and date in some cases. So this is an interesting deal in that Netflix has gotten to it. It's a very small theater chain. It's iFlick, I I think, or something. It's just New York and L.A. Um, And essentially they've agreed, okay, yeah, we'll show your movies here uh, in in the same way we show anybody's movies here, and you can put them on Netflix whenever you want. Mm. So is it a crack in the dam? Uh, Hard to say because I don't think AMC or Regal or any of these big boys are going to be like, oh, well, you know, these little guys did it. And they're still open, so what the heck. They are going to stand very firm on the on the notion that you need 90 days of exclusivity in these theaters or we are not going to show the movie, period. And if you break that, we'll do no further business with you. That's the way it stands. That's the way it's going to be. Mm. So this is Netflix trying to maybe, like, you know, Court the nerds on the side of the lunch, you know, but the cool kids on the on the on the big table are not going to speak to them anytime soon.
1: Well, I've had a really a really interesting conversation recently with with, um, a friend of mine who runs a production company, and they're making films specifically now that are aimed at small theatrical release and then predominantly looking at a VOD distribution model. Mm-hmm. And obviously at the moment what they are being offered by Netflix and what they're being offered by Amazon, Amazon when they sell something to Amazon they get a much better financial deal. Netflix is like well we can show it on this platform and we've got all these we've got more subscribers. If you then start putting theatrical edition as an offering if you're if you're a filmmaker mm-hmm. onto the Netflix stream suddenly even though you've got financial more up front from Amazon you've got Theatrical, which has a bit more kudos as well, if you go with Netflix. So you can sell to Netflix, get the money from that deal, and then get residuals on box office and stuff like that. Well, and really, so there's an opportunity for revenue there if you're a filmmaker.
2: There's a lot of optics involved. Filmmakers are precious and they like to see their movies Mm. and they want to see their name on a marquee and they want people to go into a movie theater and see their movie, even if it's just one person at three o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. And they
1: can't get the screen space and say The Grove because they're all showing. That breathe or whatever. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so, but no,
2: Amazon has done this too, and I actually reported on this earlier in the year where they have they haven't done it yet, but they plan to, mm. in some cases, honor the long window, so that they can put their movie into theaters, major chains. Manchester by the Sea, for instance, yep. is going to be one of these, yep. um, because they're going to make a, a, a serious awards push for that movie when it comes out, and yeah, it won't come to Amazon Prime until ninety days later, which. How do prime customers feel about that it's sort yeah. you know you you're shifting around the the balance knobs here and there and you know somebody's somebody's getting disservice um, but I think that uh, I think that you'll actually see I think Amazon will run ahead of Netflix right for the for the coming future
1: in terms of being friendly with theater chains and doing what they want them to do yeah. um Going back to the Jay Z and Netflix um, relationship with Lee Daniels and Richard Pride biopic, is that something? That's a project that's been around now for a little bit of a while, and nothing's actually happened with I f- it.
2: I feel like I've been hearing about this movie since I came to LA in two thousand and eight. It's I, been I think around it's, it for probably a long been before time. Before that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do they have a? Uh, do they have a, anybody in mind to play? Not him that at I'm this point?
1: not that I'm aware. No, and they haven't really said kind of what it's going to focus on. Whether it's going to be his sort of early stand up stuff, or whether it's going to be partnerships with Gene Wilder and stuff like. That. I don't. There's not a huge amount. Out there, yeah, I don't know bare anything. bones on that one. I, I, I'd like to point, see it because I love Richard Pryor.
2: I do too, and 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 you know, rightly so. I mean, the man was a, a comedic genius. He, he was also a, a personal train wreck. Yeah. at all at all times. It's I a mean, great story. Yeah, it it really is, and it, it would be a very delicate thing because you got to make it funny, mm. but you can't look past the fact that he, he was so self destructive. <laughs> That he couldn't even be in his own movies in some cases, yeah. uh, or when he was in movies, people had to wait for several days on him for just him to just get his head on straight. Mm. Um, it's funny you mentioned Gene Wilder. You know, a lot of folks think of, of Gene Wilder and and Richard Pryor as being these great friends who sort of you know were hand in hand. When really they were just paired together for the first time for I, 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 well, I don't remember their first movie was Silver Streak or mm. was it?
1: It was Silver Streak was yeah. that first one?
2: Yeah. They barely knew each other. Uh, Gene was sort of bemused by Richard and like, okay,
1: well, he's funny and we seem to get along okay. Mm-hmm. And on screen, they were just electric together. They were great. It's kind of like now we're seeing with Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson. I mean, I don't imagine for... They probably knew each other within entertainment circles yeah. and they were obviously aware of each other's work, but I don't imagine that, you know, Kevin was going around to Dwayne's house to like no. watch the game on a Monday night.
2: Right. And and, and that's how Gene and uh, and Richard were. They They were colleagues. They were terrific on screen, they had amazing chemistry and they knew it, uh, and they took advantage of that over the mm-hmm. course of, I think, four movies or five movies, but out, outside of that they didn't really commiserate or hang out or anything like that. Yeah. Gene
1: was kind of like, okay, I'll work with him again, but he's going to show <laughs> up this time, right? Yeah. Um. Staying with um, platforms and people making these movies, HBO. Um, did you ever see um, the documentary about Green Day's American Idiot? I did not. musical. It was a great thing. It was a film I caught at the London Film Festival a few years ago, um, and it was kind of low down on the bill. It was like a, you know, it was one of the smaller things they showed, and it was really interesting. And it was about this musical. When our HBO are going to make the musical the Green Day did into a movie. Now, oh, I see. I'm. And we're, we're, this is going to come up twice in the show today. I'm a fan of movie versions of musicals. I enjoy that. I'd really like to see this. It's a great story, and I think it'd be really, really interesting to see who they cast in it. Do you think there'll ever be a Hamilton movie? Yes. You think so? I think it's inevitable. At, what, I mean, two, we, we've three got, hours or whatever. Well, we've, we've got the the the, the in cinema version of the musical, yeah. which has already been announced. Right. I think within the next eighteen months, we're going to see. I would think Hamilton they would have to get movie. that one
2: cracking pretty soon if they're going to jump on the... I mean, it's kind of running out of uh, the, the the rocket boosters have been fired on that already, and it's like they got to do it. They got to do it now. They got to announce it now.
1: What I assume, and I have nothing to guarantee this at all. I assume behind the scenes they're trying to get the original rock star cast together. Sure. And now, obviously, a lot of those guys are really busy with other projects, mm-hmm. so it's a case of can we afford them? That's going to push up the budget because they've gone from being West, you know sort of Broadway players to film stars, and are they available? And there's all these factors now, so they might be deciding how long are we going to stay along that line and try and get the original cast, or just go let's just cast Diego benita <laughs> In the <laughs> role. Do you know t- what I mean? I'm kinda like because you he, have
2: to have lin Manuel in the in the line. I would
1: think you would have to, but Hollywood
2: doesn't yeah, always listen. That's true. They, like, they kind of do their own thing. Uh, hey,
1: anything with Diego Benita in, I'm absolutely fine with that. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Rock of Ages. Sure, why not? Which we'll get to later. Um Oceans 8 this week, a film that's been talked about a lot and we've talked about it on the show. It's an amazing cast. Uh has got a summer release date. Uh it's gonna be June eighth, two thousand eighteen. Um, they better get into they better be in pre-production. They better I was, have a script on that. Well that's what I thought because that is super, super tight. And a lot of the people involved in it already have a lot of projects on their dance cards right now. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be difficult to make. Also the positioning of that is really interesting. It's gonna go up against um, the hand solo spin off, which is May twenty-fifth. 2018. Uh, it's going to go up against Toy Story 4, Jurassic World 2 that summer. I think it's a really nice bit of counter programming because I think a lot of guys are going to enjoy it, but it's going to be very female focused. But I think because there's going to be a strong female companion in Han Solo spin off, I think that's going to take some of the money away because that is going to be a nice bit of. Are they going in the same weekend? Is that, is that the same no, May weekend? No, it's going to be... spin spinoff's going to come out May 25th. Then two weeks later, it's going to be Ocean's uh, 8. I see. And then the dates around Toy Story 4 and Jurassic Park 2 are going to kind of follow on well, from the 8. We're going to have a good... It just sounds to me like we're going to have finally have a good summer for movies because this one stunk.
2: <laughs> it's this one was
1: really, really bad. But I think a lot of years now, we look at them and go, oh, next year's going to be great. And it's like, well, that stunk.
2: Yeah, that's... They're... It comes. We're it comes more and goes. It's, than we're used to. It's been like a bad three year run. Yeah. I know. I know a lot of people disagree with me on this, but I also this is another case where I'm like, I know I'm right because I just look at the numbers and I look at the movies. It, the even the Oscar race is very very thin this year, and it's been that way for a few years. Um, it is very cyclical, and it just does feel like we have a couple of years coming up where it's going to be really great. Mm. We when when the Marvel stuff is all coming to a head. I think 2017, and, and the Star Wars stuff now really rolling up. Yeah. 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020 is... Uh, I think things are going to really return to form. And I'm not talking about box office. I'm just talking about
1: quality. I'm talking about, like, every weekend feeling like you got to go out to the movie theater. Yeah. Todd in the chat is saying, don't go up against Star Wars ever, which I would have said was a really valid point until about three or four weeks ago, Disney were kind of like, Rogue One, we kind of... We think we, it's going to do well. It's not going to do Force Awakens numbers. That's not what we're really it looking at. to better not do Force
2: Awakens numbers. Yeah. I mean,
1: that would, then they would have undersold Force Awakens. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think that's slightly changed. And I think the, uh, like we've seen with some of the Marvel films, some of the spin-off or tier two movies, which have been Marvel and part of the bigger Marvel universe and have had a lot of stuff behind them to, to market them and push them, just have been that kind of, they are been the next level down. So I think the Han Solo movie, which I think will do very well. These are still $100 million movies. It,
2: they yeah. absolutely are. They're opening to $100 million. Yeah,
1: they're, but they're opening. But I don't think the, the finish is going to be... Yeah, they're not going to be a billion dollars no. uh, worldwide. 700000 800000 Which is fine for those which movies. Which is very good for those. That's great. Um, even after you take off the marketing costs, which I know Jeff is very keen to talk about, um, I think they're going to do fine. So I think there's going to be enough money to go around there, but I think as positioning, that's a really smart move. Um, Sandra Bullock, turns out now, is going to be the sister of Danny Ocean. <laughs> okay. Which, I'm I, into it. Yeah, well, I'm kind of open to that. I would have liked it if she was a spurned lover of Danny Ocean. Yeah. Because I think rather than sister... Bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit more a little bit more friction there. It's kind of hey, like Spider-Girl. I'm just glad that... To
2: Spider-Man. I'm just glad that finally after all these years... The female heist high wire act thieves yep. of the world are finally being represented on screen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's, I'm just,
1: it's been a long time. Highly highly neglected area of Hollywood. Uh, other female casting this week. Uh, Emily Mortimer uh, joins the Mary Poppins returns movie as Jane Banks. Now I hate Mary Poppins. <laughs> why do you? I've I've just, I thought just. Is can't that why you moved movie? <laughs> Yes, every single day in London, I was reminded of that goddamn movie. No, just when people just, talk, I'm reminded of that I've movie. i tried to watch it several times, and I just get about an hour into it, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I hate this movie. I don't know what it is, and I know there's a lot of love for that. I mean, there wasn't I'm, a lot of love for it when it
2: came out. I mean, that those those films were a little bit dated at, yeah. at the time. Yeah. That That and Sound of Music were not... Beloved, when they no. when they came out, people were like, "What is this? This yeah. is campy and weird." We're we're onto something else, but they've with time. in the bit learned of a patina,
1: We've learned to love them. Yeah, yes. I the movie though, Mary Poppins returns. I'm actually more interested in maybe. I mean, here's the, okay. Here's a larger
2: point, and I, and Jeff. I've got Jeff writing about this, so I don't want to spoil the spoil it too much. But okay. Disney is absolutely burning through its IP right now. They yeah. are torching everything. there. They've gone in the closet, mm. ripped everything out, thrown it in a pile and setting it on fire. I'm, I'm telling you what are they going to do in five years? What is Disney Slate going to be in five years? They finally pulled out Mulan and said yes. we're doing that for sure. 2018 that's going to be. So that's basically uh, Did the- Mulan need a live action remake. It does when when these movies are are making 800 to 900 million dollars worldwide. But I when mean, are they going to stop? Jungle? Is it
1: going to be Sword and the Stone, Fox and the Hound?
2: I that's what I'm saying. I, like in 3 or 4 years, what are they going to
1: announce? <laughs> that there's nothing left. Kevin Hart is the fox. Dwayne Johnson <laughs> is the H- Oh shit. I like that idea. I actually kind of like that. I kind of like that.
2: Yeah. So a little d- hard. Yeah. Big so Johnson. 2019.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Disney is. I mean, God love them. They're making money hand over yeah. fist. But it feels like they know that the end of the world is coming, and they're like getting out everything as fast as they can so yeah. they can make up enough money to uh, weather some sort of uh, global
1: warming event or something. I don't know. Who if knows? I was Disney, I would just pick ten, make it a universe, and do ten of them. Just pick ten from the huge catalog, line them up like they've done with Marvel, and go. This is what we're doing. Well, I think in rather some... than plucking them out of their pockets, like "oh shit, I found Hercules." Yeah,
2: right. And but along comes Beauty and the Beast. That's yeah. going to make an enormous amount of money. you have already is. gotten Maleficent and Cinderella. They're going to be getting sequels. Yeah. I think there's been rumors of an Aladdin movie, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, there about has that. been talk about that. And now Milan
1: is real. Obviously the, Lion King. Was yes, well. Lion
2: King just came, yes, just a week ago. Yeah. I'm telling you, they're, they're about to, they are going to have to be dead. We're going to start seeing some Herbie movies coming back, which I oh, love, by the God. way. We'll give Lindsay
1: Lohan something to do. I would love to see a, a reboot
2: of the Herbie franchise, beloved Herbie franchise. Chitty yeah. Chitty Bang Bang, everyone's favorite. <laughs> Was that Disney? I mean, even Pete's Dragon, which was a terrible movie to begin with, and then a terrible remake. But that—that's another I enjoyed one that, the they remake. F- that they have. They, it's
1: off the board now. Yeah, They're, I'm telling you, they are. That is a fire sale on remakes at Disney. Well, sequel, Enchanted two. It's another Disney property. Um, Amy Adams is back, which I know you are delighted about. Oh boy, Josh Dickey, great. Uh, <laughs> she's back as the princess. Um, the film that resurrected. Patrick Dempsey's career on the big screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he managed to completely bludgeon that back to death with a range of really quite awful films. Um, It's going to be directed by Adam Shankman, who, on my thing about musicals earlier, gave us Hairspray, gave us Rock of Ages, two flops, but films that I love and enjoy. I do love a movie musical, not afraid to admit that, as a heterosexual man, do enjoy a musical. I'm actually quite interested in this because... One thing, I, I did enjoy the first Enchanted movie. I thought it was very sweet. It was very different. It was very entertaining. Not sure we need the sequel, but I'd like to see what he does with it. Well, Amy
2: Adams, the teacher's pet, the, uh, you know... I know you're going to fight with the junkie from that one for with Jeff. Uh, I think she's fine. I um, am not going to see Enchanted 2. Sorry. No? Enchanted was cute. It's Actually, that's... Frankly, I like that uh, play for them, because Enchanted was them sort of you know, playing around with their own identity, right? Mm. And um, and doing something fresh with
1: it. That was kind of neat. Uh, I just don't care about a sequel of that. See, for me, I think... Watch the original one again. Yeah, well, I was going you know, to say, the if they experience. wanted to do something new with it, I think that would have matched itself really, really well. And Disney, do these very well. Make it a Broadway musical. Get Enchanted, there turn it into a Broadway musical. That, to me, would have been a better reincarnation or better development of this. And if you wanted Adam Shankman to do it, He's got musical experience. He could have done that really, really nicely on the stage. There's if a lot you, of great stuff.
2: If you look at the numbers on like the Lion King musical, huge. what that thing has, the money that that thing has made. Yeah, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it outruns box office in some, in at least on yeah. some metrics. Like, uh, yeah, that is a huge moneymaker for but them. There are and music, very
1: consistent. That's been in London for like well over a decade now, yeah. and it's still doing phenomenally well. And Aladdin is also in London right now, and that's doing phenomenally well. And it's kind of pissing off other people in theatre who are kind of like. Actually, we've got a great cast. We've got a great original piece. We've got, yeah, yeah, Lion King. That's tickets. <laughs> and i are like, but well, we got this amazing, yeah, Lion King. Give me a ticket to the Lion King. <laughs> See in the movie. Uh, but there's ah, Lion King. Um, yeah, so I think that would have been a better way to advance Enchanted and Disney own all these theaters around the world and could have made a huge amount of money on that. But, you know, it's a sequel. And it, we haven't done yeah, have a release date. Get- so it's not going to be 2018. Uh, blade runner got a title this week couple of movies got titles this week uh, blade runner 2 is now officially called blade runner 2049 so i don't know who the first person is who was going to make this joke so i'm going to take that and go will it matter if i go and see blade runner 2049 if i haven't seen the other 2048 blade runners <laughs> thank you did it but so nobody else has to make that joke because it's a shit joke but I made it. Do I need to do it I need to here. read the Blade Runner hot takes in order to understand Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Or can uh, I just go in? Can I just go in cold? Can um, I ask that also just to did it, ten things you didn't know about Blade Runner? Can I just ask that? Mashable do that article now before somebody else does it. Ten, I, I thought we, I thought everyone knew everything about Blade Runner. Here's what the was... cast of Blade Runner looked like now. <laughs> I hate those articles. They <laughs> anger me. This Is going to be like half a dozen tombstones? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> here, here lies the career of Rutger Hauer. Yeah.
2: Uh, all right, I'm going to admit something here, and I, I okay. could get, I could get uh, the pitchforks and torches out for this, so uh, so get ready. Uh, they might be at the door any minute. I have never been able to get through the original Blade Runner. I have tried four times, maybe five times. I usually make it about 15, 20 minutes in, and I find myself standing up washing dishes, and then I'm in the other room doing something else. I just don't get it. You I you know what? Maybe I need to just, like, sit,
1: strap myself to the couch or something, but... I don't see what the big deal is. Sorry. No, I I, I exactly know where you're coming from. And I've I've said this a number of times on the show previously. Blade Runner is a film. Everybody, you know, before I'd seen it, it was like, oh my God, Blade Runner is like the most amazing sci-fi film ever. And I was
0: like, "Eh, okay, I'll
1: watch it. I thought it was shit the first time I watched it. (laughs) Wow. I was like, what the hell was that? That was dull. I just just did not like it. I was like, okay, maybe I'm missing something. So I watched it again. I was like, "Mm okay. It's better, and I've watched it a number of times over the years. And now I've I've found whether it's Stockholm Syndrome, I don't know, but I have found a love for Blade Runner. But it is a it is one of those films that can be quite difficult to watch, it just for for many reasons. And I just I did not feel the love for Blade Runner, and I'm certainly not the biggest fan of the film. But now i will more than happily go. I fancy watching Blade Runner tonight, and I'll I'll stick it on. I think I'll have to do it if I want to see this new one and make any sense of it. I mean, I, yeah, at some point I'll have no choice. Is it like when you went to see the original Total Recall and then the remake Total Recall? <laughs> God, I hope because it's better than that. <laughs> that was horrendous. Oh, I see what you've done. You've just pissed all over my memories of Total yeah. Recall. Well done. Thanks for that, Hollywood. Say nothing
2: of Ghostbusters.
1: Yeah, we get Can
2: I just say one yeah. thing re- re- uh, in, in hindsight about Ghostbusters, which sure. is not a bad movie by any means. Which comes it's out fine. on Blu-ray
1: DVD on Monday, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I think
2: the biggest mistake that they made It had nothing to do with the casting. Nobody cares about the gender of the cast. That's not the problem. The fact that they did not connect it to the original story, that it was not a flow-through of, here's what happened back in the 80s, -hmm. now we're carrying it forward, that was just a a huge miscalculation. That is the reason that movie did not perform, because people were like, well, if it's not connected to the original, I don't really care that much, or, or they saw it and were like, eh. That's, it's not that, it, again, not the cast, not the politics of it all, not the noise around it, just the fact that they didn't connect it to the original, which I know the alt-right guys and in, in mouth breathers used as their shield, but uh, against, you know, quote-unquote uh, subconscious sexism or whatever, but I don't buy
1: that. I, I actually think that they really were like, well, you know, screw you. If you're not Do you know gonna what my favorite it. bit of abuse that was completely unjustified about the Ghostbusters remake was? Uh, I saw someone online going, can't believe they've just put a black Ghostbuster in there. And I'm like, you know, you know there was a black Ghostbuster in the first film, <laughs> right? Great. And they were like, oh shit, yeah. That's pretty Forgot great. Forgot about that. Great argument, bro. Well done. Nice work. Uh, Gears of War movie in development universe, all this current trend for video games becoming big budget movies continues. And I know of at least two other studios that have at least two other properties that they are looking to turn into um movies at the moment right now various budget levels just a precarious gears of Wire. war does it have the love i think it's i mean
2: it's a pretty big game but yeah. the problem is that these games
1: tend but, to But peak a big game out. does
2: not a movie make well also like world of warcraft peaks out huge it's huge in what 2006 yeah. 2007 yeah so they're like shoot we got to get a movie going on this by the time they finally develop and get it on the screen it's it's six eight years later mm. Now, World of Warcraft is played by a third of as many people as we we're playing it at the time. Yeah, I it's just a weird cycle to follow. You you can't make a movie fast enough to hit the peaks of these. I mean, what about Overwatch? Overwatch just came out what in May? Yeah, and is enormous already. In, in, in like the esports players are starting to catch on to, it and suddenly it's the thing that everyone's playing. Okay, well. How fast can you make an overwatch movie because
1: mm. you if you really want that to be a hit, that should be coming out next summer? Are we going to get to that point that we did a couple of years ago with things with with i say things like books i mean books where people are making the movie and writing the book at the same time. <laughs> Wow, I mean that's a good question. So it's kind of like it's almost like a reverse adaptation. It's like when you know when we grew up, it was like here's a Star Wars book, an adaptation from the movie, and it's like we're almost going back to that now. Where somebody just let's put a a game and create a huge marketable thing, Uh." right? Well, I guess that's how Transformers started. Somebody had
2: an author, the shooting script, and said, "Make this into a movie." That's how that was done in the old days. Yeah, you mean so you're asking whether video games and movies could sort of come up together? Yeah, I mean, I guess the problem with that is that you don't know what's going to really hit. I mean, if you think about the amount of energy that was put behind Titanfall. Yeah. Uh, or Destiny. Yeah. Which, yeah, before they launched, you could look at that and be like, this is going to be the next big, big thing. This should be a movie. Let's get this going, you know. Those those games didn't really take
1: off. Did anybody say that about Angry Birds? I mean, that came out, what, eight, it's five years after Angry Birds was massive? Yeah. I thought I'd that... go into Ralph's and I'd see the, the, the cartoon Angry Birds DVDs, like, the one dollar. At the that, checkout. that movie was
2: as good as an Angry Birds movie. This is what I said. It could, could possibly be. be. That's all
1: I'm going to say about that. I'm They're still imagining that out. they did not use that quote from Mashable on the poster. It's as good as it could be. It's as good as it could possibly be. Uh, okay, let's move on. Han Solo spin-off. Um Three female possible candidates for mm-hmm. the companion. I use that yep. role. The female lead. Um Obviously, Han Solo. It's a Han Solo film, so he's going to take top billing. Um Tessa Thompson. I love her. Yeah, great. Selma, Creed, really, really good. She's great. Um, Zoe Kravitz, dope, fantastic beast. Love her too. Really good. Outsider, Naomi Scott, who was in The Martian and is in next summer's Power Rangers movie. Wouldn't know her if she walked in the door. No. But I've, I've looked at their pictures. That sounded creepy. Um, but I looked at them online they all they've looked at their pictures. <laughs> they are all very attractive ladies. um I think they would all fit very well i looking at just looking at who would look good, opposite Han solo, they would all really, really nicely work, yeah, and clearly visually he, they're pairing they're playing uh I don't know her name, but his wife from
2: the comics, i guess yeah uh so or or at one point they were married somewhere. And then we're estranged, and now she's back, and now he's in trouble.
1: <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's basically, it's basically like many To the moon, hand to the
2: moon. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure, why not? I don't know. I mean, I'll, can I just,
1: again, I hate to derail this into a bigger point. Amy Adams is also up front. She's not.
2: Just, just, you know, like Seriously, Amy I Adams. mean, I
1: think, I think your hate for Amy Adams has gone so, so far around, I think you actually are disguising a love... Is she, really raise, is she really raising her hand again? Is she really volunteering again <laughs> okay. to go solve this problem at the chalkboard? Um,
2: I don't I don't like this trend of prequelizing. I don't care about what happened before. I don't need you to connect and go. I don't want to see the Kessel Run. I don't. I like my version of the Kessel Run.
1: That's been in my head. Since I was four years old in 1977, that doesn't make a theme park ride. Though, how are you going to make a theme park ride? I just it's in think your that, head. yeah, I I, I I can't market that.
2: I think that audiences and the studios are very complicit in this. Mm-hmm. They they want those gaps filled in. They're going to gobble it up and eat it up. Yeah, there's no mystery anymore. There's no like that was one of the one of the listen one of the reasons that Star Wars worked. The original Star Wars mm-hmm. was because they treated it as if it was just you're just dropping in on the middle of the sequelized movie yeah there's no you know you, you they talk about stuff and you're like i don't know what this even is what are we it doesn't matter you don't need to know that that you're still getting the central story the spirit of it was that you that there was mystery around all these different things and there's just no mystery anymore we're filling everything in yeah you're coloring in the entire book there's nothing left to the imagination i like alden Ehrenreich. i think he's great I like Han Solo. Right. I relate to him on many levels. Do I want to see a Han Solo movie? No, I really don't. <laughs> well, it's coming, Josh. I really, really don't want to yeah. see it. I-, I actually have said this before, and I'll say it now again. I'm going to see Rogue One because I'm kind of interested in like mm. where that goes. Then I might be tap. I might tap out. Okay, on Star Wars. I just could be tapped out. That's
1: good. I'm done. We've got five minutes left on the show, so a few things to run through. Um, very quickly, Ben Affleck's um, Live By Nights getting an, an awards season-friendly release date January 13. Um, it's a movie I'm genuinely quite excited about. I like the cast. I like his style. I like the idea that it's another Dennis Lane novel adaptation.
2: I have lost track of Ben. I think ben, ben Affleck has about 11 movies right now, he's, and they're yeah, all coming out around busy. the yeah. end of the year, and they're not... I don't know, man. That probably okay.
1: explains why he hasn't wanted to go out. for Is a this beer the one?
2: His... Is Live by Night the one where he's a gangster in the yeah. 30s or whatever? Yeah. So the trailer just came out. Yeah. Maybe it's great. I don't know. Ben mm. Affleck is great. He's he's a terrific filmmaker. Uh, I <laughs> he's doing so many things that I don't. I can't keep track of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Wolverine three. We were talking about films getting titles. That got a title this week. It's going to be called Logan. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a poster. That's a. I think that's kind of a neat nod to fans, yeah. Because if you don't stick
2: the word Wolverine
1: on there, uh, I think it's sticking Wolverine like, on a Wolverine movie has kind of been a bad thing for the last two or three movies.
2: Maybe, but I wouldn't be surprised if they if this one you know winds up being retitled Logan: colon Wolverine's Last Stand or something with it. yeah. Like just calling it Logan is cool. Just like so people, have to be a, yeah. You've got like I think that it, I think there's some. Some executives going to get nervous about that somewhere along the way, and they're yeah. going to flip it.
1: Mark um, my words. Jackman says it's going to have a very different tone, so I'm going for slapstick comedy. I'm, I hope so. I would love to. see Wolverine it. brings the lols. I'd love to see a mad, how about a madcap, wacky race. <laughs> <laughs> Why yi, yada? <laughs> uh, we talk Frenzy. about <laughs> <laughs> all the Harry Potter films are coming back into cinemas in IMAX uh, in theaters across the U.S. and around the world, October thirteenth. I don't need to see the other Harry Potter movies. It's quite funny for me because Warner have been, been so keen to express that Fantastic Beasts is in the Harry Potter universe, but it's not a Harry Potter sequel or tie-on. It's something very different, and yet still decide to release all the Harry Potter movies back in theatres. So everybody's, oh, it's Harry Potter. It's not Harry Potter. Here are the Harry Potter films again. The original Harry Potter movie was one of the very few movies that I've actually walked out on halfway through. It's not a great film.
2: It's very poor. It was very janky, it didn't look good, and I had just read the book, and it was like beat for beat, the book? Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't need to sit here any further, I'm hungry, let's get out of here. Because my wife and I at the time, we both had just read the book, we liked the book, and then we yeah. walked out of the movie because it was boring. I don't care, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it, I, I don't get this one, and, and
1: Fantastic Beasts looks very dead behind the eyes to me. You see, I thought that, but I saw the last trailer a couple of weeks ago, and I'm actually now quite intrigued by it, so... But I like, I I like the David's. I like Eddie. I you know I, it's it's going to be quite fun. I think. But
2: I will check it out it in reference to Eddie Redmayne, who I, who I very much like. Even when even bad Eddie Redmayne is pretty great.
1: <laughs> Respective of what we think, it's gonna it's gonna go bananas. Oh at the sure, box of course. Uh, back to Affleck, Batman got revealed as the Batman this week. Oh, is that right? That's I didn't, the I title. That. So they're calling it the Batman. Okay. Um, I spoke to J.K. Simmons about this this week. I did a, a piece for Forbes with him about a new film, The Late Bloomer, that he's got coming mm-hmm. out uh, this week in theatres. It's a small comedy directed by Kevin Did you Pollan, see his giant guns when you were I, hanging out? I did not know. I didn't ask him to take his shirt off. That's too I thought bad. that might have been a bit awkward. Um, mm-hmm. maybe you would have done it without asking. Hey, I went in pantless just to put the guy at ease, which is why it was a short interview. And he was saying that everybody wants to know so much about his Commissioner Gordon role in mm-hmm. The Batman and in Justice League that he's kind of like, dude, don't spoil every movie. You don't need to know every detail. We talked about this on the show before, but he was like, I don't get why everybody has to know everything these days. Go and see a movie and don't know everything and then you might enjoy it a bit more. I think he's got a valid point. We are kind
2: of inside the bubble on that. I mean, we we kind of have to know everything that everybody else knows. Yeah, uh, I think that your average human being out there,
1: and if we don't do it, someone else will do it.
2: Proof of this is when you go to a movie where you've seen the trailer a thousand times, mm-hmm. and three, and there's a there's a humor beat, and like the audience erupts in laughter, and you're like, haven't we seen this a thousand times? Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh, these people have not seen this movie, this trailer a thousand times. <laughs> They've not written four stories about it. They've not been to the junket. They've yeah. So, it is easy for us to start to think that everything is getting spoiled. And but I think that your average human being doesn't connect to it. Usually, yeah. Usually has a pretty fresh experience of the movie. Uh,
1: Finally, today I did an interview with the Soska sisters this week because their season two of Elevator is on GSN. Have you seen that game show? I don't even recognize those as English words. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Soska Sisters, great horror directors. They did a okay. brilliant film called America Mary a few years ago. Uh, they've done a number of other projects as well. They've got this game show on GSN. It's, it's pretty good. It's a game show with, with, with horror. Um, they are doing a remake of David Cronenberg's Rabid. Okay. Spoke to them about that. Very interesting. They also want to do, and I love this idea... They want to do, they're big Cronenberg fans and they're Canadian. They want to do a remake of Dead Ringers. But the lead protagonists would be female proctologists and they want the Olsen twins (laughs) never to (laughs) to play. So it would be directed by twins. The Olsen twins are these crazy bum doctors. Yeah. I like that. Uh, it's never going to happen. I don't think the Austin Twins would go for it. It's never going to happen. But I would totally watch that. And there's also a movie they're about to announce very soon, which I know what it is. I'm, I can't tell anyone about it, um, that they're working on at the moment, which is going to be really super cool. And it's going to put them on the studio map, I think. So that is very exciting. That's going to be announced in the next few weeks. Um, so I think that's it. It's uh, it, it's It's the time. We actually it's got to that whole list. I don't we believe it. We got through it. the whole list. We were talking fast. Yeah, we didn't get through all the projects that uh, Dwayne Johnson and the uh, and uh, and Kevin Hart have signed up for this week. Um, they <laughs> but, actually called me an offer to do my grocery shopping this week because apparently I hadn't done that. So oh. they're doing that together this week. That's great, which is nice because they're bros. Uh, in or- yeah, your your grocery list requires. <laughs> A little heart into Big (laughs) jumps. It it does. That's still my favourite tagline of the year. Um, Other things before we go, if you haven't seen the trailer for uh, Get Out... Jordan Peele's horror movie. Do check that out online. Yeah, that looks pretty awesome. Yeah, um, and also the the Mark Wahlberg um, Boston Marathon bombing movie is one of the most affecting trailers I've seen recently. So do make sure that you go and see that I don't one.
2: Get it? Why did he and Berg make those movies back to back? It feels like the same. I'm not movie.
1: quite sure. I'm not quite sure, but it looks really really good in the trailer. So if you're looking for trailers to watch this weekend, then I suggest checking both of those out. Uh, Josh Dickey from Mashable. Thank you very much hey, for joining me. us on the show this Thanks week. Thanks for
2: having me. It's always fun to come all the way out here to Sherman Oaks or people or find Rural. you on on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at JLD Light. JLD are my initials. Yeah, and light, light is, is just a uh, funny cause... way of spelling light Yeah, JLD It's a great story.
1: Thank you very I much. Always I'll love tell that it any time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to be back in the co host seat next week. Jeff is going to be in this seat, uh, ha- just seat. This seat, say it, seat. Uh, and uh, until then, have a great week. Uh, watch loads of movies and contact us online. Like, share, and do everything on itunes and youtube and tell everybody about the show because without an audience it's kind of pointless take care
0: From producers maria Menunos, kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire popcorn talk network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com i'm sir richard wentworth and this has been a presentation of the popcorn talk network the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only they do not necessarily reflect the views of the popcorn talk network or its owners or principals